Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Conscious Love Show. Shane here. Thank you so much for being with me today. I put together a message for you today specifically about the holidays and um, my intention is to support you in anything you may be confronting this holiday season. Whether you're feeling very alone in this holiday, whether you're feeling like you didn't accomplish what you set out to this year or that you didn't find the love you were looking for or that how long is it going to be or whatever that might be for you. If you're worried about facing challenges with family and dealing with their awkward questions and the looks and the judgments or whatever you might be facing right now or uncomfortable with, I wanted to put together an episode for you this week to really give you some hope and some inspiration and some love as you go into this holiday season. I'm uh, somebody, as I'll share in today's episode, that I am the king of awkward holidays and I've been there and I know what it's like and I want you to know that there is hope that all is not lost and even if you don't have the love or something else that you feel like you might need this holiday, there is incredible possibility for you in the future and I really want to support you in recognizing that this week. So that's what I've done in this week's episode. I hope I accomplished it. I hope you get incredible value from today. One other thing I do want to remind you before we jump in is now through December 31st, I am offering a $1,000 discount on the Inspired Love program. Um, This is my intention to really be able to serve you this year. If you want to jump in and you want to be able to make a commitment in 2024 to really do something that's going to have it be different from all the previous years of your life. And if you want to really work together and have my direct support and attention to make that happen, then that is what the Inspired Love Program is all about. So I want to make that offer available to you. If you do want to explore it, I want it to be worth your while. Um, I'm going to leave the information to apply for the program right in the description of this podcast. So wherever you're listening to this, if you just look right below, you should find the description and you should have the opportunity to get started right there. If you have any questions, you can always email me at shaneandfatima at thelivingrelationship.com. That's S-H-A-N-E-A-N-D-F-A-T-I-M-A at thelivingrelationship.com. Lots of love to everyone. Wishing you a wonderful holiday, and I hope it's everything and more. And let's jump into today's episode. Thanks for being here. Okay, everyone. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of The Conscious Love Show. Shane Kohler here with you. Pleasure to be back. Um, Looking forward to the holiday season and wanted to be on today to send everybody some love and a message of hope and inspiration as you head into the holidays. I was just here chatting with people on Instagram and people are saying that they're, uh, you know, flying to see family and and all the all the things we do during the holidays. I know it's a, a chaotic time, can be a stressful time. Hopefully it's also a joyful time, right? I hope it's not all chaos and stress. I, I hope there is some joy in it. But I was just saying, um, as I was chatting here with my friends on Instagram, um, I was just saying that I, uh, you know, I know the holidays and the new year, um, as we move towards it, it can bring up a lot. 
And most of us, I mean, I know myself and I think probably all of us, like we start the new year like thinking like, this is going to be my year. I'm going to make it happen. We got all these plans for, you know, how we're going to grow, what we're going to create. For many of you, you may have started this year saying, I'm going to have my relationship this year. It's going to be my year for love. Or you may have started saying you're going to do something else. You know, this is your, your year for travel or your year to grow your business or whatever it might be. But, you know, we start out with these big dreams at the beginning of the year, things we want to live into, things we want to bring into being. And then I know as the end of the year approaches, it brings up a lot in terms of, did I do it, right? What have I done with my year? Did I did I create what I said I was going to? Was this my year for love or my year for growth or my year for whatever? And um, sometimes we can be really proud of ourselves and what we've created and where we've come and you know what, what has happened during the year. And sometimes not so much, right? Sometimes it can shine a light on where we feel like we've failed during the year or where we feel like we didn't create what we set out to create or where this, you know, this wasn't our year for love or growth or whatever. And I want to just, uh, you know, speak to everybody, wherever you, wherever you are, you know, if you're feeling great about how the year has been, if you're not feeling so great about how the year has been, I want to just start by giving yourself permission to just let it be okay. Right. Like, and, and I want to share this for everybody. Like every year I have a little ritual I do on new year's Eve. Um, I sit down with like a pen and paper and I write out like maybe give or take 10 intentions for the year, right? Things I want to create in relationships, things I want to create in business, things, you know, just uh, just different things, things that are important to me that I want to create in the year. And I, I set that intention and I put it in a box and I, I leave it in the box. I don't look at it the whole year. And then on New Year's Eve, I take it out and I look at, okay, what? So I don't even really know. Like, I don't necessarily always remember what I wrote, but it's just a little practice I have and it's kind of a game I play. And um, I want to... I, I want to share that, like, I I never really hit every point on the list, right? Like, you know, so much happens during the year and things that I didn't even know would show up, show up and I have to adapt and move. So, you know, by the time the year comes around, so much has happened and I don't always or even ever create everything I said I was going to create during the year. And I think that's true for all of us. But that doesn't make the year a failure. It doesn't mean that we didn't accomplish what we were meant to accomplish during the year. And a lot of times when we're making our lists or our goals or setting out, you know, this is what I want to create or achieve, like a lot of times it can even be very ego oriented. And I think that, yes, like in, in the one sense from the ego, we have, you know, goals of what I want to get and who I want to be and the love I want to have and the money I want to make and, you know, all these things. And that can be very ego oriented. But I think on a deeper level, the soul knows what we need. Right. So the ego has all these wants and, you know, I want to feel admired and recognized and loved and appreciated. And I, I want to get all the things that I want to have in life to make me feel like I'm good enough. And right. The ego kind of operates in that domain. But then I think the soul is kind of taking us on a on a journey. And the the soul is is leading us to the experiences that we need to have. And. I'd like to encourage everyone as you reflect on the year and set intentions for the new year to kind of let yourself off the hook of whatever judgments you might have about, you know, did I do it? Did I not? Was this a failure? Was it a success? And really just think about, well, what did I learn this year? You know, like what really opened up for me? What am I, what am I seeing differently after this year than I didn't before, right? What is, what is available to me now? as a result of everything that's happened this year that wasn't available to me the year before. And this can really lead you into a conversation of gratitude about what has happened during the year, 
what this year has offered you, like the gift that this year was to your life and how this, how this year has opened up more possibility for you, right? And, and if you can connect to the gratitude and the appreciation of that, then you're actually creating more possibility in the year to come. And I'm, I'm even reading some of the comments as I'm talking about this. And, and I see like someone says, well, yes, but there is the one, right? And, and so it's like, well, yeah, there were a lot of great things that happened this year. It, it was all awesome, right? But let's just call out the elephant in the room, but I'm still single, <laughs> right? Yes, I, a lot of great things happened this year. A lot to be grateful for. Everything's amazing. But you know what? I still don't have the love that I've been looking for. And I know that a lot of you who are going to hear this message are in that boat right now. And so I just want to call out the elephant in the room and like, let's talk about that. Let's deal with that. Because there's a, there's a certain perspective that you can take right now if you're in that situation, right? It's been a great year. A lot has happened. A lot to be grateful for. But I'm still not in that relationship. I still don't have that love I'm looking for. And look, I, I want to I be the first to say like, I've, I've been the king of spending holidays alone. Okay. Like, I mean, I can't tell you how many random places I've like, if, if I was invited to my boss's house or a friend or whoever, like just, I mean, I've been alone on so many holidays. Like most of my life, I didn't even have family to spend the holidays with. I was literally just showing up at random houses or not going anywhere, just like ordering pizza and hanging out of my house, watching movies. Right. So like, I'm, I'm the king of that. Like I, I know what that is like. I mean, I remember one year, I was in this coaching program and there was this woman, we were kind of like colleagues in this program and she was great, like phenomenal human being. I was just thinking about her the other day. I'm like, man, you know, I should have kept in touch with her. She'd be a great friend. But, um, but anyway, uh, she, you know, she, we were in this coaching program together and she, uh, she realized that I was spending the holidays alone. I didn't have anywhere to go. And she invited me to her house. And I like, I, I barely knew this woman. I had met her like maybe a month before and we had been working together in this coaching program. And here I am like at her family's house on the holidays. There are like a hundred people there. And you know, it's like, is this your boyfriend? It's like, no, not my boyfriend. Just, just someone I know, just a friend. And everyone's like, why is this guy here? And, and I mean, the reason I was there was obvious, right? I had nowhere else to be. And like, even, even that's like, it's kind of embarrassing, you know, like I have nowhere to be on the holidays and I'm here like with this random person and her family and they're like, Hey, how you doing, man? And you know, it's like, it's like a weird situation, but this is life and it's not perfect and it doesn't always feel good. And these are the real experiences that many of us go through on the journey. And what I want to really what I want to really speak into today is if that's you right now, and I know it's a lot of you out there, right? If that's you right now, I want to encourage you to go through this holiday season with some grace and some hope. And what do I mean by that? Well, when I talk about grace, I mean, it's not about being fake right? It's, it's not about being fake. It's not about pretending that it's not real. It's not about pretending that you don't feel anything around it or that like, you know, it's, it's not about being inauthentic, but it's about how you handle the experience. And there is a way of gently honoring the emotion that you have around it and saying, I, I feel the sadness. I feel maybe the emptiness. I feel maybe the loneliness or the loss or the embarrassment of when I show up to my family's house and they say, you know, why are you still single? And which, you know, 
if anyone's thinking about asking people in your life that just don't like, please, but you know, but people do anyway. And, and you know, I, if you can honor the emotional experience that you're having around all of this and just recognize it and it's there and it's real and it's human and it's vulnerable and it's, and it's so normal to have that. Right. And, and really just allow that to be there and honor that. But don't let that become the central focus, right? It's there. You carry it with you. It's in your heart. And, you know, you, you maybe need to hold yourself and talk yourself through it sometimes. But don't let that become the central focus. Because what that's going to do is it's going to destroy hope, right? So going through it with grace is honoring the experience, loving yourself through the experience. You're not repressing it. You're not ignoring it. You're not being inauthentic about it. But somehow you still find it in your heart to show up with a smile. Somehow you still find it in your heart to be grateful. Somehow you still find it in your heart that even though maybe I'm not spending this holiday with the person I wanted to spend it with, and you know I didn't find the relationship I was looking for this year, but you allow that to be there without being obsessed with that reality, without that being the entire focus. And so then you're a little bit more free. Then you're a little bit more free. And then it becomes, what can I create during this holiday? What, what connection? Can, and like, maybe you just show up, you say, you know what? I'm going to be more connected to my family this year than ever before. I'm just going to really get in there. I'm going to ask deep questions. I'm going to I'm going to share more about myself this year than I've ever shared. Like maybe you make a decision to just go and be more connected to your family than ever before. Like maybe you're like, you know what? I'm just going to I'm going to go to like holiday parties and hang out with my friends and like and I'm just going to go out and I'm like just going to be more fun than ever before. Right? But there's there's a there's a way to go through this with grace. And if you go through it with grace, that's going to create hope, which is the next piece I want to speak about because, and this is, this is the most important thing. And I'm not just talking about the holidays in your whole life. Hope is the most important quality. Like I, I, I really think that's true because if you don't have hope, you have really nothing like hope is the hope is the spark that ignites every good thing to happen in life. Hope is the thing that sparks that. And if there's no hope there, there's no spark. If there's no hope, there's only resignation. And so what is resignation? Resignation is the feeling that this is all there is. There's nothing more. It's never going to change. It's never going to get any better. This is all I can expect. And I just have to deal with it, right? Like, Resignation is the opposite of hope. Hope is there can be more. There, there, something could happen. Things could change. Things could be the way I want them to be. Resignation is the opposite of that. Nothing's ever going to change. It's just the way it is. I just have to deal with it. And I want everyone to really hear me on this because I know, and I, I know this because I know this because I coach this, right? And I work with people around this all the time. And like, if you are resigned about love and the possibility for it, it doesn't matter what you do. You could grind it out on the dating apps 
seven days a week, 10 hours a day, go on 20 dates every week. Like it, it doesn't matter because resignation is an energy that doesn't invite things to change. Resignation is an energy that keeps things the same. But hope, on the other hand, is an energy that invites newness. It's an energy that invites something new to happen. And like, this is what I, I would say, like you might go to a holiday party this week. You know, maybe you, one of your friends having a party or maybe you go to a work party or something, but like you might go to a holiday party this week and the love of your life might be in that room for all you know. It's like, it's totally possible. And even think about this, like, if you're single on the holiday and you're maybe feeling lonely and feeling like, I wish there was someone to celebrate that with, how many other singles are out there feeling the exact same way? And so you might go to a holiday party or some event or something. Your, your soulmate might be in that room. I don't necessarily believe in soulmates, but you get the point, right? Your person might be in that room. And if you are showing up in a spirit of resignation, you will not even be open to the connection that could happen. But if you show up in a spirit of hope, you will be open to the, to the connection that could happen. Like you will, you will be hopeful. You will be looking around. You will be open-hearted. You will be available for connection. And it's highly likely that you and that person might lock eyes and say, hey, how are you doing? And, and all you, for all you know, a connection could happen there. So there's gotta be a, a space to let it be okay wherever you are right now, right? Like, just let it be okay. Like, if it didn't happen this year, that's fine. You got a whole other year. A lot of things can happen in a year. By the time the holidays come back around, everything could be different. But the most important thing is that you, right now, this year, find a way to hope for more. Find a way to believe that more is possible. Find a way to believe that it's it's not so far away. It's not so it's not so crazy. It's not so insane to think that there's someone out in the world right now who's feeling the same way I'm feeling. And that if we could find each other, that we could create something really magical and beautiful together. Like it's not crazy to think that. So I first heard this, um, if anyone's familiar with the teachings of Abraham Hicks, I, I first heard this, I think, from Abraham Hicks. And um, if, if you're not familiar, I'll just share a little bit about who they are and their work. So Abraham Hicks is a channeled work, meaning it comes from the spirit world or, or however you want to, whatever you want to call it, however you understand that for yourself. But there's, um, there's a higher intelligence that speaks through a woman named Esther Hicks. And they deliver these messages that are very beautiful, very inspiring, very loving messages. I mean, for, for the most part, I resonate with it. And something that they said in, in one of the talks I was listening to is that they said the reason human beings struggle to change things in their life, circumstances in their life, whether it's a relationship status, whether it's, you know, whatever, financial situation. But the reason that we as human beings struggle to change things in our life is because we are obsessed with the way things are. We are obsessed with the way things are. And like, I, when I heard this, I thought it was so powerful because I really want you to think about what I'm about to share. So I'm going to share it with you. I really want you to let this in as I share it. 
When I say we are obsessed with the way things are, what do I mean by that? What I'm saying is that most of us have not developed the kind of awareness where we can see a certain reality in front of us. And maybe that's, I'm single on the holidays, right? Maybe that's your reality right now. Or maybe it's something else you're displeased with. But I'm single on the holidays. Life is not the way I want it to be right now. I'm looking out at my external reality. I'm looking out at the world outside of me. And I'm saying life is not the way I want it to be right now. And most of us have not developed the capacity, the the mental capacity to look at a reality, an external reality that says it is not the way I want it right now. And to at the same time, in our consciousness, hold an equally real reality that says, I can see maybe by the next holiday, maybe by the next time it comes around, being in a loving relationship with someone. It's like the the physical reality that I experience, it, it, it dominates my consciousness so completely that I cannot hold a realistic possibility outside of what's right in front of me. This is making sense. If, if this is making sense right now, tap that heart a few times. I just want to make sure I'm communicating this clearly. Right? So tap that heart a few times if you're with me on this. But because the, the external metrics of where I live and my relationship status and, and all these things, right? Because of what I'm perceiving externally dominates my consciousness so completely that I cannot hold another realistic possibility outside of what's right in front of me. And so what does this do to me, right? Like, let's, let's talk about like what's actually happening when I do that. When I see an external picture outside of me, again, maybe I'm single on the holidays, maybe it's something else, but I see this external picture outside of me and my consciousness is completely dominated by that external picture. I can't perceive anything outside of that. What happens is I identify with that external picture. So I'm no longer perceiving this external picture as a blip in time that is constantly changing that is constantly fluctuating, that is ever evolving, ever in flux. Nothing ever stays the same for more than a moment. But rather than seeing this external picture as a blip in time, as a a still frame shot of a constant evolutionary process, I see it as the ultimate reality. And then I identify with it. So it becomes my reality, right? When I identify with something, I say, this is who I am. This is my truth. So for those of you who are struggling with being single on the holidays right now, I want you to observe what might be happening for you. Is the more attention you give to the fact, another holiday alone, I'm going to go to my family's house. They're going to ask why I'm still single. I'm not going to know what to say. It's going to be embarrassing. I'm going to look around at all the couples. I'm going to feel empty inside, right? And you're playing all of this out and you're dreading it and you're resisting it and you're fighting it. The whole time you're doing that, what you're doing subconsciously is you're saying, this is who I am. This is my truth. This is my reality. 
this is what's real for me. And then the more strongly you identify with that, the more you're going to perpetuate that. And so if you, like, I think the new year is an incredible time of possibility. There's something about new beginnings. We all love new beginnings. There's something about having an entire year, right? Where there's, there's, there's an entire year and that's, that's so much time that so many things could happen. And there's just, there's something magical about standing on the, on the edge. Like if you imagine like the new year, like standing on the edge of a cliff and looking off into the distance and like, there's, there's so much possibility available. There's, there's just infinite possibility in the space of an entire year. And I'm, I'm standing on the precipice and I'm looking at this, this blank canvas, which is the new year, which is 2024. And I'm, and I'm saying like anything could happen in all this space, all this time. So much could happen. And if I can stand at the precipice of that new year and rather than being filled with judgment, judging myself for not being enough or what I feel is missing or where I think I should be right now, but I'm not there. If I can stand on the precipice of this new year and look into the future and rather than feeling judgment and self-criticism and self-doubt, I can actually feel hopeful and inspired. I can actually identify with something different. You see, rather than identifying with the current reality, whatever that is, I can identify with something greater than that. I can identify with a greater possibility. I can imagine an ideal future, whatever that might look like, and I can identify with that and I can say, this is who I am. This is who I am. This ideal future where I imagine the place I live with my loving partner and the life we share and the conversations we have and the activities we, and like, I can, I can identify with that picture and I can say, this is who I am. And yes, my current circumstances don't necessarily reflect that, right? My current circumstances reflect maybe an older version of me. They reflect who I used to be. They reflect an old identity. But if I can stand at the precipice of this year and identify with something different, and I can stand in that, and I can bring that vibration, that that energetic state into the new year, and I can live in that and be in that and embody that, in the space of a year, there's no limit to what could happen. But this is what we do. And, and like, I want to say, I'm right there with you because I've done it myself. And this is what we do. Is we sit here and we get upset about where we are right now. And the more, the more strongly we feel the emotions of dissatisfaction 
in whatever way that might show up in frustration and anger and resentment and jealousy and envy in feeling victimized and feeling hopeless and feeling like there's no possibility and feeling like I got the raw end of the deal and everyone else got lucky and what's wrong with me, right? But in whatever way we feel the emotions of dissatisfaction around our current situation is the way that we are identifying with it more and more and more strongly. It is becoming more and more and more true for us. And so what a lot of us do is we actually start the new year in the worst way possible. We start the new year feeling all the emotions of hopelessness, dissatisfaction, resignation. It can't happen for me. And that's the energy we start the new year with. And then, of course, I mean, look, I I get it. I, I hear like all of you, like those of you who are seeking love right now, you're trying. You're on the apps, you're meeting with friends, like you're, you know, you're doing the stuff you, you try to do. And so you're going to go out in 2024 and you're going to continue doing it. You're going to continue working at it, right? Like you're, you're going to, you're going to go out, date a bunch of people. You're going to do all the same stuff that you did in the past year. But if you're starting out with that hopelessness, with that resignation, with that sense of defeat, then you're going to spin your wheels all through the year. And every time you spin your wheels and it doesn't work out, you're going to get disappointed. You're going to get let down. It's going to reinforce that hopelessness and that resignation. And then you carry that through the whole year and find yourself back at the holidays again and nothing has really changed. And the reason that nothing changed, and some of you, like, for some of you, I might be talking about 2023. I might be talking about everything you just did this year. And if if you resonate with that, if, if I'm talking about what you just did this year, you want to listen up so you don't make the same mistakes going into 2024. If that's you, you got to understand, it. things didn't change not because it wasn't possible, not because the opportunity wasn't available, but because rather than using this year to build a new identity for yourself, and and maybe if some of you are confused about what I mean by identity, let me put it this way. An identity is like an internal conversation about who you are, right? It's like your internal narrative about who I am. And rather than using this year to create a new identity, an identity that is in alignment with your deepest dreams and desires, you spent this year reinforcing an old identity. And so you circle back around to the holiday season and you feel that nothing has changed. I said this was going to be my year, but nothing changed. And I'm not sharing this to defeat you. 
If you notice that you did that this past year, then give yourself some grace. Understand there are very valid reasons that you did that. Most of them are not your fault. But opt to try something new going into the next year. And again, I, I think there's just something magical about the energy of the new year. And, and I, I get it. We make it up. There's really no such thing as new year, right? It's just, it's just time carrying on, something we make up. But there's, there's something because I think there's a collective conversation around it where we're all putting our intention into it. And we all like it, it's, it's an opportunity that we give ourselves to have a new beginning, like a clean slate. And we all love new beginnings. Right? Like, like nothing feels better than a new beginning. It's just like a clean slate. I get to wash away the mistakes, whatever I did right or wrong. Like it's all in the past and I get to start fresh. And I think like that is something that we all collectively do around the new year. And there's power in that. Like there's, there's an energy around it that we're all involved in. And you can use that. You can leverage that. And so I, I think the best thing that any of us could do, and again, I'm, I'm speaking largely right now to, to those of you who are, are maybe single right now and, and, and not only single because there's nothing wrong with being single, but you're single and you feel that you shouldn't be. You're single and you're saying, here I am spending another holiday alone. The best thing that you could do, and all of us really, look, I'm going to do this myself. The best thing that we can do is take time to set intentions for the new year. But set those intentions from the energetic state of where you believe that those intentions could come true. And this is where we come back to hope, right? This is where we come back to really being connected to what's possible. And there, you know, I, I think what kills hope is cynicism. Cynicism, I've, I've spoken about this before on the podcast. Cynicism is, I think, like one of the most toxic qualities. And it's, it's sneaky because it's like, it's so toxic, but it's even, it's so toxic, but it's almost accepted and encouraged. And... When you're being cynical, people will even look at you and be like, you're being smart. You're being rational. You're being realistic. Like it, it's, 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 a, it's a toxic behavior that is socially reinforced and encouraged and even admired as like a good quality. And yet it is, it is the quality, probably more than anything else that destroys lives. And so cynicism, if, if, I were to, if I were to give it a definition, cynicism is a certain mental perception or mental view of the world in which I think the sum total of my life experience has shown me all that's possible and therefore I know everything that could happen. And, and the idea that something completely out of the box, completely outside of my world could happen to me is like 
frivolous or, or like, like silly, like that could never happen. Like that's cynicism. I know it's probably not the clearest definition, but it's like, it's like the, the mental perception that I know everything, like everything I've experienced in my life gives me the sum total of information that I need. Nothing outside of that could ever really occur. And, and that's, what's true. That's what's real for me, right? Like, like that's my truth. And it's just, it's the worst thing in the world to ever be cynical because you don't know. Like something, and I've, I've had the pleasure of, of working with incredible mentors over the years. It's, it's something I do every year as I, as I seek out, you know, some of the best mentors in the world and I pay them large amounts of money to be able to work with them. Because I realize when I do that, every single time without fail, my life gets better in every way, right? So I just keep doing it. <laughs> like it's a, there's no loss in it. It's 100% gain. And what I've recognized from every mentor I've worked with <clears throat> is that they live in a reality that is completely different from mine. Like they're the way they think, the way they understand life, the way they view situations, the way they respond to things. Like when something happens, their perception of it and their response to it is completely different from mine. And like, that's the cure for cynicism, right? When, when you recognize that right alongside of your life, your perspective, your view of the world, your understanding of things, right alongside of that, there is someone else who sees it all completely differently. And that person who sees it all completely differently has a completely different experience of life, for better or for worse. But their experience is completely different because they perceive it completely differently. And there's no end to this. There are, there's an unlimited amount of perspectives you could try on. There's an unlimited amount of approaches you could take. There's an unlimited amount of just everything, like any, anything you could try, anything you could do, anything you could think about, any way you could see it, anything you could believe. It's never ending. You can always try on something new. And every time you try on something new, something new will happen as a result. So, that cures cynicism. When you really let that in. And so a lot of us are cynical because we feel that it protects us, right? Like, I think one of our biggest fears is being the fool who was hopeful your whole life and it never panned out for you, right? Like, like we're so afraid to believe and, and believe and believe and believe and trust and try and fail and get up again and try again. And like, we're so afraid to do that. And to live that way and have it all amount to nothing. And so rather than really be fully engaged, fully involved, like leaving it all on the field, like giving, giving it everything I have, 
trying and trying and trying again, we become cynical. And we say, I know everything that can happen. I know the way it's all going to play out. I've seen it happen to me. I've seen it happen to my friends. I've seen it happen to my parents. I know how this goes. So I'm not even going to try. I'm not even going to believe. And actually, this is the thing. It's, it's not that I'm not going to try because you do try. You do try. But it's that I'm not going to believe. I'm going to try. I'm going to get on the apps. I'm going to go on lots of dates. I'm going to meet. I'm going to do all the things. I'm going to try. But I'm going to hold a little part of myself back. I'm going to keep a little part. Like, I'm not going to give it all. I'm not going to give everything. I'm going to hold a little part of myself back just to make sure I don't get hurt too bad. Just to make sure the pain is not too much. And that's where the cynicism lives. Just to make sure I'm not a fool. Just to make sure I don't get taken for a fool. And that's where the cynicism lives. The fool is actually, um, like when you look at the tarot or you look at uh, certain, certain archetype philosophies, the fool is actually an incredibly powerful archetype. And I, I think, you know, we don't want to be the fool all the time. There's something to be said for having wisdom and awareness and, and being tuned in. Like, you know, you don't want to be clueless all the time. But what the fool has going for it and what I think we could all learn from the fool is it has no cynicism. The fool doesn't think they know anything. The fool doesn't have any preconceived notions about how it's going to be or how it's going to go or what's going to happen. Now, some people who only have the fool, they just end up stumbling into the same mistakes over and over and over again. And that's not really great either, right? But those of us who are so afraid of being the fool that we have this cynical stronghold on life and we never allow ourselves to live outside of that, like we need to be a little more foolish sometimes. You know, love requires a little bit of naivety. You don't want to be completely naive, okay? Like, you know, if, if there are some real red flags showing up, you want to be like, that's a red flag, right? So you don't want to be completely naive. But it, it requires this kind of childlike wonder to say, maybe this could work. Maybe this could happen. Maybe, maybe it really could. And, and it requires you bringing that childlike wonder, yeah, like my wife says, thank you, love, that innocence, it requires you bringing that like innocence and that childlike wonder over and over and over and over and over again. Even when you've been hurt, even when you've been let down, even when you've been ghosted, even when you've been on dates and it didn't work out, like even when coming back to that hopefulness, that innocence, not allowing yourself to get jaded and that, that takes a strong person. Because like what, what this really is, 
what I'm really talking about here is the ability to keep your heart open through pain. It's the ability to keep your heart open through pain. And that's a hard thing to do. And, And look, we have a world, and I talk about this all the time. We live in a world that is constantly trying to shut down our hearts. Like, go turn on the news right now. I mean, I wouldn't recommend it, but if you do, you'll find out what I'm talking about, right? Like, like the news is constantly giving you information that is intended to close down your heart. It's intended to make you feel afraid, uncertain, concerned, outraged. It's intended to close down your heart. And, and like the music, I mean, I talk about this all the time. Like our world is constantly delivering information to us to close down our heart. And then what we, what we end up with is 7 billion people, the majority of which have very closed hearts, out there in the world trying to find love with each other. And one closed heart meets another closed heart, and there's no way to connect. You might have sex with each other. You might have some romance with each other. You might have some fun with each other. But as soon as things get intimate enough that it requires an open heart, the relationship falls apart. Because there's only so far you can go with a closed heart. And I get it. Like, look, I mean, there, there was a time in my life and this, these were in my drug days. And, you know, those of you who know my story, I mean, I'm a recovered drug addict and I have, I have a history that's pretty dark. But there was a time in my life, I remember, when, like, my friends would die. And I'd be like, it's just what happens. It's part of the game. That's how close my heart was. Like, I wasn't even available enough to let in the sadness that, like, my friend who was 18 years old just died from a drug overdose. Because my life up until that point had taught me that it wasn't okay to have an open heart. That to have an open heart is to be a fool. It's to be weak. And this is, this is what the world is teaching all of us. And so it requires a, it requires an incredibly strong person to live with an open heart in a world that is like ours. And this is, This is the only real way that magic can happen in your life because something happens when you live with an open heart. And it's not just living with an open heart today, right? But no, today and tomorrow and the next day and to each experience continuing to bring that open heart. What starts to happen is you start to have a presence that calls out to people. And people start to see you and and they start to experience you and say like, I don't know what it is about you, but there's something that I want. There's something that I feel in your presence that inspires me, that like awakens something inside of me. And that open heart invites people into relationship with you. That open heart invites others to open their heart where before it was closed. 
And so you might be closing your heart down right now because you're like, oh my God, I'm getting on a plane to go see my family and all my sisters are married and my parents are going to be looking at me and the uncles and aunts and nephews and cousins and everyone's going to be there and everyone's going to be looking at me and they're going to be like, why aren't you married yet? And you might be closing down your heart because of your anticipation about all of this. And what I would challenge you, one, is to have a great answer to that question. So, like if I were if I were in that situation and someone asked me, what would I say? I'd say because I'm living my life on my terms and not anyone else's. Because I'm not on a specific timeline, I'm actually more interested in meeting the right person than I am in getting married because you think it's too late for me. Because I've spent the last so many years building an amazing career for myself. Because I've been traveling the world. Because I've been dating a lot of people and having a lot of fun and having amazing experiences and I'm still clarifying what I'm looking for. And I want to make sure that when I make that choice, I make the right one. Right? Like, I mean, really, like, think about if someone asked you, like, why aren't you married yet? And you responded with answers like that. They'd be like, oh, good for you. That's amazing. Right? So, like, one, have a good answer. But it's not just about having a good answer. It's about being connected to the answer. And, and that is a way of having an open heart. I'm not shutting myself down because I'm afraid of your judgment, because I'm afraid of how you look at me, because I'm ashamed of where I'm at in my life, or because I, I feel like I've made the wrong choices in life and now I have to answer for it, right? Those are all closed-hearted experiences. An open-heart experience is like, this is who I am, and I'm proud of who I am. And yeah, maybe there are things in my life that I want that I don't have. I'm on the journey. I'm in the creative process. I'm building and working towards that. And that feels really good to be doing that. It feels really good to be alive right now, to be a work in progress, to not have everything all at once, but to see the unfolding of, of it over time. But to see the journey unfolding and to recognize that even though it's not a completed picture yet, that I'm closer this year than I was last year. That makes me feel really good about myself. I have no shame about that. I have no fear about that. I have nothing to prove to anybody. And that's a, that's a vulnerable place to be. Because rather than protecting yourself from everyone's judgments, you're opening yourself up to them. And you're saying, yeah, and what? So what? This is where I am, and so what? That doesn't make me any less than you. That doesn't, that doesn't mean my life is not as good as yours. And there's a lot of societal conditioning that says otherwise. So it takes a strong person to own that for yourself, even when everyone around you might not see it that way. But as you step into that, 
you're creating hope. You're creating possibility. You're creating a certain perception of yourself and your identity that says, I can have that. That can be mine. You see, I don't feel shut off, alone, disconnected from that. I feel like it's real and alive and possible right now. And because I feel that it's real and alive and possible right now, I'm happy today. Yes, I might have moments of loneliness. Yes, I might have moments where I say, you know, I really wish, I really wish someone was here right now. I might have those moments. But largely, I feel happy. I feel joyful. I feel alive. Because this is, this is really the truth is happiness is not dependent on having a relationship or having any specific thing in your life. Happiness is a reflection of how you feel about yourself. It's simply just a reflection of how you feel about yourself. And yes, there are fluctuations, right? So when you, when you look at something that's missing in your life and you go, I wish that was here that causes your energy to fluctuate downward. And it, it causes a, a depression in your energetic state. And that's okay. It's okay to do that. Just don't stay there. Right? See that? Love that? Acknowledge that? Say, I hear you. It's on the way. It's coming. But then turn your attention to what's good in your life. Turn your attention to what's working for you. And in coming back to the conversation about the new year, if you can take some quiet time, I shared my practice earlier, take some quiet time to really sit and write down some intentions for the new year. And As you do it, as you write each word, as you write each sentence, really feel in your body that each thing you write down is a real possibility. And if you can't feel that about it, don't write it down. But really feel that every single thing you put on that list is a real possibility for you that it could really happen. And, and I wanna be clear about something. I'm not saying that everything on your list needs to happen. I shared earlier that not everything on my list happens. It's not about that. It's about the energetic state that you create while doing that. It's about creating some space in your life to really sit and indulge what's possible for you. And as you write those intentions down, one by one, and with each one you write, you feel it alive in your body. You feel the reality of it alive in your body. You feel the truth of that alive in your body. You feel the possibility of that alive in your body. You create 
an energetic state that is the equivalent of those dreams that you're writing down, of those intentions that you're writing down. And if you carry that energetic state into the new year versus a state of unwanted, impossible, alone, desperate, hopeless, frustrated, disappointed, so on. That's going to shape your experience. And it's going to shape who you believe you are as you step into the new year. And again, it's not just about doing it on New Year's Eve, right? You got to get up and you got to do it every day. But what I'm talking about right now is a way that you can shape your experience of the holiday season. It's a way that you can shape your experience of whatever you're going to be doing as you go to Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever you're celebrating. This is going to shape your experience of all of it. And you have the power to have this be the best holiday season ever, no matter what your life looks like, no matter what you feel is missing. Like you can, you can choose right now to have an amazing holiday season. And you can choose that next year and the year after and the year after, and they can just keep getting better. But it's really a matter of whether you're going to choose to right now focus on what's absent and what's missing or focus on what's available and what's possible. And again, not just for the new year, but for every day of your life. Do you wake up in the morning and give your attention and spend your days thinking about what's missing and what's absent? Or do you wake up in the morning and give your attention and spend your day thinking about what's available and what's possible? Coupled with the gratitude for what you already do have. So I want to, I want to keep it simple today. You know, I, I don't want to get into a lot of deep stuff. And I, I know it's the holidays. Like we're, we're all tired of thinking. We've been thinking all year, right? So I don't want to get into a lot of deep stuff today. I just, I just really want to give you a simple message of hope. And I want to encourage and inspire you to, to really love yourself enough this holiday season to work towards feeling good. And yes, I, I, I get it. And look, I, I shared earlier, I'm, I'm the king of holidays alone, okay? I did it for a long time, a lot of holidays. Been to a lot of friends' houses and bosses' houses and different things, right? Like, I'm the king of it. And there might be moments, like I said, you know, when you go home at night and you get in bed on, on Christmas night and if there's nobody in bed with you, you know, you might have a moment of just, feeling that loneliness. And that's okay. That's real. That's human. That's raw. I'm not saying that that shouldn't be there. 
So when that's there, you can tend to that. You can give yourself some love in that. You can honor that. But when that moment passes, don't let that moment define your life. Don't let that moment be the definition of your life experience as a whole. Hope for more. Dream for more. Believe in more. Start to see yourself as someone who can have more. Build an identity around that moreness. And I want to be clear because I don't even love the word more. I think, I think we're all addicted to getting more and I think that's, that's hurtful in a lot of ways. So I don't even love the word more, but, but what I mean is like know yourself as the person who is lacking nothing. Know yourself as the person who can have all your dreams come true. And that's available for you. And, and I just want to say, I want to say one more thing because I know like what I'm talking about here is a lot of mindset stuff. And, and I, I know it sounds really nice when I say it on the podcast and everyone's like, Oh yeah, get that. And I could do that. And, and, and I want to call out the challenge here too, because if we could all just have great mindset all the time, we would have very little problems, but there, there are very real challenges to having a great mindset and the real challenges to having a great mindset is that we have trauma in our thinking. We have certain certain thought patterns that have been shaped through trauma, through fear, through pain and suffering. And because of that, as much as we might want to be optimistic and be motivated and feel powerful and you know all of that, Sometimes that mindset can feel very tough or very impossible to reach because we have these traumatic thought patterns and they've been on repeat and replay throughout our lives. And so I just want to offer this too, because if you're, if you're able to take what I'm saying right now and you're able to run with it and completely shift your experience, like amazing, amazing, do it, keep doing it. But if you find that no matter what, this kind of depressed state, and I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying you are depressed, but this kind of depressed state tends to define your life. The absence of not having what I want. The absence of love or a partner. If, if you find that that is defining your life, and you find that no matter how hard you try to see it differently, or feel differently about it, that you just kind of get stuck in that rut over and over and over again. I want to say like, that is exactly what we do in the Inspired Love Program. The Inspired Love Program is, is really about healing all of that. And I did, a, I did an episode with Rami, one of my graduates last week. And if anyone, if anyone hasn't heard it yet, I would highly suggest you go, it should be one episode before this one. But you go listen to that because Rami really, um, she did an, an amazing job of just sharing her experience of the program and, and how it's transformed her life. And I wanted to do that because I wanted everybody to really get a, get a real life example of, of what this program does and what becomes available in it. But my point in saying all of this is that, you know, if you find that it's very challenging for you to implement the things that I'm talking about today, I get it. 
I've been there. There was a time when I could not implement these things and I had to do the work on myself to be able to implement these things. So if that's you, no shame in being there. We're all there at one time or another in our life. But if that's you, the Inspired Love Program is specifically designed to heal that and give you access to this power and this perception of yourself and this feeling of hopefulness and possibility and the ability to manifest and bring things into your life. And so what we're doing right now um, through December 31st, for those of you who want to sign up before the new year, because once the new year starts, we're launching into a whole new marketing thing and it's going to be very different. But for those of you who want to get in right now before the new year, we're offering $1,000 off on the, on the uh, price of tuition. So it's something I wanted to do as a, as a holiday gift to you at the end of the new year, or excuse me, at, at the beginning of the new year, at the end of this year. Um, if you want to make that decision for yourself to really choose that and take some real concrete action towards making 2024 different than 2023, I want to reward that and honor that. So we're offering $1,000 off the cost of tuition for those of you who do want to choose that for yourself. Um, those of you who are live with me right now, if you're interested, just shoot me a DM and we'll, we'll send you all the details to get started. Um, those of you who are listening to this on the podcast, I'm going to post the link to get started in the description below, below wherever you're listening to the podcast. So um, if you do want to take advantage of that, you want to make that leap and, and work with me this year, um, I'm very excited to have you be a part of that and I really want to make it worth your while. So that's what we're doing. Um, all that being said, you know, I, I really do just, again, I don't want this to be a heavy message. I don't want this to be too complex. I, I just, I really want to send a message of love and hope and let you know that whatever you're feeling right now, it is valid and it's okay to feel that. But if you would like to have a greater experience of this holiday season of yourself and of the possibility for your future, that is available to you. And I want to really encourage everyone to just not, not resign to your feelings of hopelessness or despair. Hold yourself in that. Love yourself through that. Honor that. But then let it grow into a bigger, brighter possibility for your future. Because something, something I know for a fact is that every single one of you are deeply worthy. You are deeply valuable. Every single one of you has incredible gifts that just, I mean, like the gifts that you have when brought to a relationship is gonna make that person's life better than it has ever been before. That person is gonna be the luckiest person in the world because of you. And I know that is true for everybody, because I see it happen all the time in my program. People just come alive and it just, you know, when, when we drop the baggage we've been carrying, we just become these extraordinary beings. And that is true for every single one of you. And if you're not feeling that about yourself right now, I get it. But I just want to remind you that that's there. And set your intention for this new year to really find that, create that, and uncover that for yourself. Because it's in there. And you deserve to know that part of yourself, right? You deserve to have that part of yourself be alive and real for you. 
So that's, that's the message for today. I, I hope that it is inspiring. I, I hope that it gives you hope and, and uh, vision for the future that gets you excited about the new year to come. And um, I just want to say thank you so much for, for being with me today, for, for hearing and receiving the message. And I really hope it has touched you and, and made a difference for you. So thank you. Okay, uh, this question is from Netaviv. Hope I got your name right. Um, how to deal with relationship conflict during the holidays when there's kids involved in each one of their houses and you live separately. That's tough. That's tough. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm just going to maybe kind of give some general principles. I, I think there's, there's probably with a question like this, a lot of nuance to the situation that I, I just don't know, but I, I can, I can give you a few principles that might support you in, in navigating this. Um, To whatever degree you can make an agreement with the other person. So I'm assuming this is like your ex-partner or, um, you know, you're co-parenting separately and a situation like that. To whatever degree that you can make an agreement with that person that like, look, we're going to make this about the kids. We're not going to make this about ourselves. Right, we're gonna make this about giving them a great holiday. We're gonna put our personal stuff aside. You know, if, if there's something we need to discuss, we can discuss it. But if we could just put our personal stuff aside and make it about the kids, that's that's the first thing. I, I think if you could just make that agreement and just put whatever's going on on hold for the holidays, that would be amazing. Sometimes that's possible. Sometimes that's not. I think another thing especially when kids are involved, are really educating them about what's happening and why it's happening. And so I'm just, something that's coming to mind, like, it, you know, one of the worst things you could do is just talk bad about each other. But if, if there's a way to help your kids understand that you know, there's, there's pain involved and, and kids are smart. Like kids, kids know more than we give them credit for. Right. But if you can let them know, like, I'm just, I'm just going to give an example again. I don't know the nuance of your situation, but you know, if you could say something to your children, like, listen, your, your father is really hurting right now. He's really having a, a hard time going through X, Y, or Z or whatever. And so if he seems a little angry or he seems a little upset you know, I just want you to remember that it's not about you. It's just, he's just going through a hard time right now. He's really in a lot of pain. And, you know, just to whatever degree you can educate them. You know, so I, I think there's, there's really two levels here. The one level is the adult level, where it's like you make an agreement as adults to be adults, right? We're not going to, as adults, we're not going to behave like little children and ruin the holiday for everybody. Right, so as adults, we're gonna be adults. If we need to talk about something, we can step aside into a private room and talk about it. We can make an agreement that we're gonna talk about it after the new year. We can decide to put things on hold for the holidays and just try to be the best to, to have a good experience for everyone. Right, that's, that's the first thing. The adults choose to be adults rather than behaving like children. The second thing is that to whatever degree that's not possible, 
to whatever degree one or both of you are not willing to be adults in this situation is where you need to educate the children about what's happening and why and help them understand that it has nothing to do with them. So they don't take it on as a personal truth about them. Um, I would like to think, I, I know it's not always possible with everyone. I would like to think that, you know, two people who love their children could make the holiday about the children and not about themselves. Again, wherever that's not possible, do your best to educate your children and prepare them for whatever they might experience. Remind them that it's not about them. And this is, this is a challenging situation to navigate. So the last thing I would say is what are your intentions for what you want to create in this co-parenting relationship for the new year so that maybe by the time the next holidays come around, you can have brought some peace to this relationship so that, again, the holidays and, and your life as a whole can be more peaceful. Lots of love. I know, I mean, I, I've coached lots of people going through divorce and different kinds of narcissistic abuse situations, and, and I know that it's not always possible to get the other person on board. So whatever you might be going through, sending love, and, and I hope this helps you in terms of navigating the situation. Um, I'm going to take a question from Catherine. She says, do you have advice for how to keep yourself on track with your intentions without getting into the energy of desiring? Yeah, I mean, I, I do. And it, it's practice, right? Like it's, it's really practice. Like there's, so you've got to understand there are things that bring you into the proper state and things that bring you out of it. And it's, it's very simple, but not easy. Right. And this, this is what I was talking about earlier where, so your question is like, I want to be in the right energy of dating. I want to have good intentions. I want to feel positive. I want to feel optimistic. I want to be inspired, right? I want to feel motivated. I want to feel like there's lots of possibility. And when I go out and maybe, you know, you have a bad date or you get ghosted or something happens, it doesn't go the way you want it to or any version of that. But, you know, when certain things happen externally, it changes your internal state. Now, what you've got to understand is the things that change your internal state, the things that knock you off of that like high-flying vibe that you want to be on, it's not actually the things themselves that do that, but it's your relationship to those things. It's your way of perceiving those things. It's the meaning that you give those things. It's, it's what you make them mean for yourself or how you understand them for yourself. And so part of it is changing your relationship with those things. I'll, I'll just give a really concrete example here where like maybe you psych yourself up. You're feeling really good. You're feeling really motivated. You got a first date and you're like, it's going to be great. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. And, and then you go and maybe you're not attracted to the person at all. And the date just kind of falls flat and the interaction is kind of boring and they don't really have anything interesting to say. And, and then you go home from that just feeling completely defeated. And so you started out feeling pumped, motivated, excited. This is going to be great. I'm, I'm ready to get back out there, ready to make it happen. And then you have a disappointing experience and it completely deflates you. Now, I know I'm not the only one this has happened to, right? It happens a lot. 
you've got to look at the meaning that you're giving that. Because what we do is we take that one isolated experience, a moment in time, and we project it into the future. And we say, oh my God, this is what's out there. If this is all that's out there, how am I ever going to find anyone? I don't want to have to settle for someone like this, but the only people I ever meet are boring people or jerks. And you know, I don't want to settle for a boring person or a jerk. Am I just going to be alone forever? Like, and these are the internal conversations we go through. And, and some of you might say, well, Shane, it doesn't just happen once. It happens all the time. And I'd say, well, look, like I, I have a woman in my program right now who just got on dating apps for the first time in years. She's been off of them for years. Just got on them for the first time. Very first date she goes on was a hit. They hit it off right away. The person's been showing up consistent, intentional, making the effort, following through. So like, this is not common. I agree. It's not common. But I also don't think it's an accident that it happened for this particular person because I know who this person is. I know what she's been going through. I know the work she's been doing. And I see that she is in a place right now where this type of interaction would be the most congruent thing that would happen for her. Given all the work she's doing, given the way she's been throwing herself in, given everything she's opening up, given how her experience of life as a whole is changing, it makes perfect sense, it's perfectly congruent that she would attract that Versus attracting just another dull, boring person or another jerk who's going to ghost her or whatever. So, and I'm not saying this relationship is going to work out long-term. They, they're just getting to know each other, but it's going really well. And this was her first date, first time on the apps in a long time. So if you, if you're like, I never meet anyone, it never works out for me. I'm, I'm just constantly disappointed. And I like, you've got to, you've got to look at what are you bringing to it? within yourself. And so I, I might be getting a little off the question here, but how do you keep yourself on track? Well, I'm gonna go back to where I started. It's a practice. It's a practice. And so there are certain things that keep you on track and certain things that keep you off track. And I'm gonna put it very simply, the way to stay on track is to do the things that keep you on track. The way to get off track is to do the things that take you off track. And we have a habitual way of constantly falling into the things that take us off track. Now, why do we do that? Because we're afraid, because we have trauma, because we don't want to be disappointed, because we don't want to be let down, because we don't want to be made a fool, right? These are all the reasons. But it doesn't justify, it doesn't justify, or maybe justify isn't the right word. It doesn't make it true. It's just a way of, creating a certain experience over and over and over and over again. And so the work really is, one, becoming aware of why you fall into that all the time, right? What happened in my past? How did I start to understand myself, understand other people, understand life, understand relationships, right? How did I start to see all of this habitually that is causing me to consistently recreate these experiences over and over and over and over and over again, right? That's the first part. Then once you have awareness of like how you do that and why you do that, then you've got to start paying attention to when you do it. 
And then there's a kind of discipline you develop where, where you start to understand that anytime I do that, it only hurts me. Anytime I do that, it only just destroys my confidence, destroys my hope, takes me away from everything I want in life. So then once you see that you're only hurting yourself with that and that it's not really good in any sense, you just naturally start to do it less and less and less. And at the same time, alongside of that, you want to be building positive strategies. Things like meditation, things like journaling, things like, um, you know, conscious reflection, deep feeling processes, breath work, right? Things that, things that do motivate you, things that bring you into a proper state of being, like all these kinds of things. And so if you're clarifying what doesn't work, while at the same time investing your energy in what does work, Naturally, over time, as you practice with this, you're going to grow more and more away from what hurts you and into what heals you. This is natural. Like when something brings you joy and something else brings you pain, you are going to naturally gravitate towards the thing that brings you more joy. The problem that most of us are having is we've only ever really done the things that bring us pain and we just keep trying them over and over and over and over and over again, hoping they're going to bring us some joy, but they never do. And so once we start to realize there's a different route to joy, I want to give an example and let's, let's use the holidays as an example for this. So let's say... Every year on the holidays, and this is what I've been talking about today, so I'm just going to keep rolling with it. Let's say every year on the holidays, you just feel really defeated and alone if you're not in a relationship. Right? So every time the holiday rolls around, you're just like another holiday alone, nobody's with, whatever, right? You are, now that hurts you, okay? Doing that every holiday, it just hurts you. It just makes you feel lonely, defeated empty, like there's no possibility, like nothing could ever work out for you. It just hurts you. But you'd still do it every single year anyway. And the reason you do it is because somehow you think that by doing that, it's going to change things. Somehow you think that by lamenting your relationship status every year when the holiday rolls around, that that's going to help you not be in that situation the next year. And our egos do this with everything. I'm using the example of being lonely on the holidays, but our egos do this with everything, okay? Our egos think that by making us hopeless and afraid, it's going to motivate change, but it doesn't. It doesn't. It just motivates despair. So when you realize that there are actually other approaches that bring you joy, that uplift you, that inspire you, that motivate you, that help you see possibility, that help you feel worthy, that help you feel excited about the future and the things that could happen, right? Like when you really start to understand, and I'm not just talking about conceptually, because I think conceptually we all understand that making a gratitude list and meditating is a good thing, conceptually. But when you actually start to experience it, and you start to experience the results of how those practices are improving your life 
and your hopefulness and your possibility. And you start to experience how every time you fall into those old ways of thinking, it just hurts and it just makes you feel lonely. Eventually, you just start to gravitate away from it. Because you realize relationship or not, I'm so much happier over here. Whether or not I get what I want, I'm so much happier over here. And I'll tell you what, when it comes to creating love, being happier is a great starting place. You see, we, we, it's, it's kind of crazy what we do because we look at it like, I can't be happy until I have the relationship and I'm just going to suffer until I have that relationship. But getting happy is usually the first step to creating the relationship. Right? Letting go of the suffering about your loneliness is usually one of the first steps to actually getting into a healthy, loving relationship. Because always the relationships that we create from that unhappiness are ultimately unfulfilling. Right? Relationships that we create from that unhappiness just become a reflection of that unhappiness. A lot of us think that if we allow ourselves to be happy without it, it'll never happen for us. We say, no, my, my suffering is what's going to make it happen. No, your suffering is what's going to keep it out of your life. Your willingness to be happy with or without it is what makes you highly attractive. It's a catch-22. It is. It's catch-22. But this is the reality of our life and, and, and this game called life that we're playing. So to answer your question, Catherine, I want to come back to it one more time. It's really about recognizing that certain things bring you joy and certain things don't. And regardless of the cost, choosing to be happy, choosing to do the things and invest in the things that make you happy. And this isn't a one-shot result, right? This is something that you work at over time and it becomes second nature over time. And, and again, like I, I know I'm, what I'm doing is I'm kind of laying it out for you how it works. But what I'm not doing here is I'm not really diving into all the stages in the middle because that's what we do in coaching, right? Like, I mean, I, I just couldn't do that here. There's no way. No way I could cover that in an hour or even two hours. So that's what we do in coaching. But again, if, if you find that, if you find that on your own, without some guidance, without some support, without being part of a container in which this is what we do, that you're struggling to embody this, well, that's when you know you need some help. And you could say, I don't need help. I can do it on my own. That's fine. I mean, do it that way if you want to. But if years are going by and nothing's changing, at what point are you going to admit that you need some help and go get it? Like I, I admitted I needed help at 24 years old. I, I mean, actually younger, 21 years old, I went into AA. That was like my first time seeking help. And then at 24 years old, I went into this coaching program and, and that's when I started getting help in a whole different way. But, you know, I, I decided to get help at 24 years old. I was married by 30. 
And that was my journey, right? Like it's, I'm not saying I did it right or did it wrong. I'm just saying I threw myself into the work. I did it relentlessly and I was married by 30. I see people coming into my programs in their 40s and 50s just trying this on for the first time. And no judgment in that, none at all. But I'm just, I'm just posing the question for everybody. How many years are you going to try it yourself before you get help? I think we all need help. I couldn't have done it on my own. Like if, if, I, if I look at what I was doing in relationships before I really started getting coaching, I mean, there was no way I was ever going to find any kind of healthy love. I mean, I was, I was involved with highly toxic people. I was settling in relationships that made me completely unhappy. I felt so unworthy that like when, when I thought about the kind of woman I wanted to be with, I, I thought that woman would never want anything to do with me. Anytime I even got close to having a relationship with a woman like that, I completely sabotaged it, right? So I was, I was caught, like many of the people I coach and, and many of you listening right now, I was caught in a never-ending cycle of, of either being with toxic people or settling for people that like I didn't really want or, or was interested in. And that was... That was all that I thought was available to me. I had to experience a complete transformation in my identity. I had to understand my worthiness on a whole different level. I had to truly connect to the gift that I am and, and why, like, why a woman would be lucky to marry me. And I don't say that from an arrogant place. I just say it from a place of truth. My wife and I are both very lucky. Why? Because we're both high value people. We're very lucky to be with each other. She's lucky to have me. I'm lucky to have her. But that's not how my relationships were prior to this, right? In most of my relationships, the people were just lucky to have me. And it was a lot of work and I wasn't really very happy. Right? So, and, and this is why I say, like, if, if you want to, if you want to make a commitment to have something be different in 2024 than it was in 2023. That's what the Inspired Love Program is there for. And we're offering $1,000 off right now, now through December 31st. If you wait till January 1st, it's over. We're not going to extend it. But if, if you want to choose this for yourself, that's what it's there for. Because I, I'm taking what I've learned from my journey, what I've learned in relationship with my wife, what I've learned coaching literally hundreds, if not thousands of people over the years, and I'm putting it all into a simple process that you can go through in a period of a few months with live coaching where you and I meet every single week and we talk about whatever's going on in your life to really allow you to know how worthy you are, heal whatever trauma that, that is preventing you from believing that love is not available for you, and to, and to really like go out there knowing that it's possible and fully equipped with all the tools you need to create it. Like that's what the program does. And, and I don't just say that, like it really does that. I have plenty of results to, to prove that. Like I said, go, um, for anyone who didn't hear this earlier, go, go listen to last week's podcast episode, hear Rami's story about her experience in the program. So, you know, that's, that's what it's there for. And again, if it's not for you, that's totally okay. I don't, I don't have a 
I'm not pushing anybody into it. But if you're ready for more and you're, you're sitting here right now and you're going, oh my God, like when I think about love, when I think about finding my partner, when I think about having this relationship that, you know, I've been dreaming about since I was a little kid. And I, I think about having that and actually like falling in love with that person and getting married and, and being committed to me and showing up for me every day and, and the life will build. When I think about that, it just feels so far away that I can't even begin to touch it. That's how you know you need help. Like, what do you think is going to change that? If, if you could have changed that on your own, don't you think you would have done it by now? That's where I was when I got help. Right? I, I really, I, I mean, I remember some of the conversations with my coaches when I was like 24 years old and really just facing up to how unworthy I felt and how, like, how the idea of actually being in an amazing relationship with someone I was like really attracted to and, 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 and who I like was just an amazing human. Like I, I didn't think that was possible. I didn't think I was worth that. And with, you know, valid reason. I mean, I was an ex drug addict. I'd been to jail. I like, I mean, I was building my life from the ground up. I had very little to offer. Like, you know, there were, there were reasons that I felt that way. But I had to do the work to learn that my past did not define me. That I could be anyone I wanted to be. To actually open up to a possibility of that. And that is something that I could have never done by myself. Maybe some of you can. And if so, awesome. I couldn't. And I'm not, I'm not intending to turn this into a big conversation about inspired love. But just in addressing some of these topics, I think it's really important as we look to the new year and we look to what your intentions for the new year are and what you want to create, a follow-up question I would ask to that is, what are you going to do about that? Okay, you got your intentions. Awesome. How are you going to follow up on that intention? Right? What are you going to do in 2024 that's different than 2023 that's going to allow that intention to become a real possibility and not a pipe dream? And these are questions we all need to consider. So anyway... Thank you for the question, Catherine. I hope that's helpful. I hope that you, um, I hope that you can identify what is going to work for you, and really practice throwing yourself into that. Um, I'm going to take one more question, and then I'm going to, I'm going to uh, wrap it up. I think for today. This is from T thirty seven twelve. She says, struggling mentally, not sure how to turn off thinking about the betrayal and hurt. And um, I, uh, I just want to speak into this question because I, uh, I want to hopefully support you. I know it's not really a question, but I just want to support you in what you're going through right now. So not sure how to turn off the thinking about betrayal and self-hurt. There is, um, there's a quote in A Course in Miracles. And uh, I've, I've spoken about A Course in Miracles, I'm sure, many times on the podcast. But um, this is like, I always say A Course in Miracles is like my Bible, right? It's just like that, that is like my go-to book for spiritual insight and um, really understanding and contextualizing life. That's for, for me, that, that is what I've found that really gives me an understanding of why I'm in this world and what it's all about. Um, in A Course in Miracles, there's a, there's a quote that says, you are far too tolerant of mind wandering. 
And I've always thought there's such an amazing quote, like you are far too tolerant of mind wandering. And it's true. And, and I, I mean, I'm speaking for myself and I think all of you will relate is like, we just kind of let our minds do whatever they want. We do, like we just let our minds think about whatever they want to think about. We just, you know, start going all down the rabbit hole with something. I, I don't even realize till an hour later, I've been thinking about something that's like not even important. Right. And there's, it's so normal that we don't even really think there's anything wrong with it. But the ability to think about what's relevant in the moment and not think about anything else is one of the greatest skills that we can develop. And again, I wouldn't say I have developed this. I would say I am developing this. And I, I, I mean, I'm light years ahead of where I was 10 years ago, but this is a, a lifetime journey. And the ability to really choose where you allow your mind to go. And so what I want to say in response to T's question, similar to what actually what I said to Catherine earlier, is that there are, you do have the power to stop yourself from thinking about that. You do. It's like in the grand scheme of things, it is within your power to direct your thoughts. But here's what's happening for you. And believe me, I get it. What's happening for you is you have habitual patterns of thinking based in survival, based in fear, right? And so what are all these thoughts about betrayal and hurt? What are they really about? They're about keeping you safe, right? It's like, and I don't know the exact thoughts you're having, but it's something like this. It's like, what did I miss? How did I let myself get betrayed? How can I make sure that never happens again? Why am I attracted to this person who hurt me? How could I ever have let this happen? I'm so stupid. I got to make sure this never happens again. What were the red flags that I missed? And just on it, like, this is the kind of thinking, right? And we just ruminate in it. And you don't, you don't realize, like, you think you're resolving something, but you're not resolving anything. You're just spinning your wheels. You're just spinning your wheels endlessly. Nothing is being resolved. You feel like you're resolving something. There's, a, there's an emotional energy about this that makes you feel like something is happening. But all you're doing is spinning your wheels. Nothing is actually changing, improving. In fact, the more you ruminate about things like that, the more likely you are to go out and recreate that again. It's just the way it works. So this is what's happening. You have an addictive pattern of thought. It's based in fear. It's based in survival. It's based in trying to protect yourself. And you think, you and all of us think, that somehow by ruminating about things like this, you're going to figure it out and resolve it. You haven't yet learned that the best thing you could do for your own happiness and to have the life you want to have is to forgive yourself, forgive the other person and let it go. Now you might say, you might say, Shane, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to forgive myself and forgive the other person and let it go. And I can't stop thinking about it. And what I would say is you've learned it conceptually as a concept. You've learned that that's the right thing to do theoretically but you haven't experienced that inside of your body yet. 
So what do you do? You start working towards forgiveness. I got betrayed. Maybe I made a mistake. Maybe I missed something. Maybe I overlooked something. Maybe I let my wounding or my attachment style like drive the bus and make the decisions for me. And, and I got myself into a position I don't want to be in, right? Okay, forgive myself for that. Uh, there's this person who they didn't care. They neglected me. They ignored me. They treated me poorly. They said horrible things to me. They abused me, whatever. Okay, forgive them for that. Now we're neutralizing the situation. Now you might have to work at that, right? So I say forgive them for that. Forgiving this, forgive yourself, forgive them, that might be a several months process for you. It might be a several weeks process. It might happen today. I, I, I don't know how that's going to happen or when that's going to happen for you. But I know that you're going to have to find a way inside of yourself to forgive what's happened here. And forgiving, I mean, giving it up, releasing it, letting it go. You're no longer carrying it. It no longer belongs to you. What happened, happened. It's in the past. It's done. I'm releasing it. I'm letting it go. The only way you're going to heal is to find a way to do that. Now, if you find a way to do that, you will experience an energetic and emotional release. Your vibrational state will be higher after you do that than it was before you did that. These are just facts. When you experience that release, that energetic release, you experience that raise in vibration, even if it's just slightly, you will be learning in your body. You will Intuitively, you will learn that forgiveness is healthy, that forgiveness is helpful. And the next time, it will be a little bit easier to do. Now again, if you have 20, 30, 40 years of holding on to things, ruminating about them, carrying them with you, feeling betrayed, feeling victimized, like that's a lot of learning. Like you've been, you've been poorly educated for a long time. And again, I know it's not your fault. The world taught you that. It is not your fault. But you've got to recognize you've been poorly educated and you've been poorly educated for a long time. And that's why you're addicted to it. That's why you can't stop the rumination. In the, in the very cells of your body, you believe that ruminating is keeping you safe. You believe that ruminating is allowing you to control the situation in some way. That's a false belief, but you believe it. And that belief perpetuates the addiction to it. So I'm going to make it really simple, simple but not easy, I know, as with everything we talk about here, right? Forgive. Let it go. When I say forgive, I mean it no longer belongs to you. One of my mentors put forgiveness this way. He says, when you really forgive someone, or even yourself, when you really forgive, you are giving up your right to ever bring that up again. You are giving up your right to ever bring that up again. Now think about that. Like, like if you forgive yourself for something, a mistake you made, like you can never bring it up again. You can't go, oh, Shane, you're such an idiot. Remember when blah, blah, blah. You can't do it. If you've really forgiven, you've given up your right to ever bring it up again. If you forgive someone else for something, 
right? You give up your right to ever bring that up again. You can't say, remember when you did blah, blah, blah. Or you can't say to, uh, to your friends like, oh, well, this person, you'll never believe what they did to me. We went on five dates and they ghosted me. You give up your right to ever bring it up again. That's forgiveness. That is truly letting it go. Now we freak out about that. We go, oh, if, if I forgave everybody for everything, how would I protect myself? I'd be like a fool. Here, we come back to the fool, right? Once again. If I forgave everybody for anything, I'd be a fool. I'd, I'd, be, I'd, I'd get duped. I'd be taken advantage of. Well, I'm not saying you'd become an idiot. But what I'm saying is you would no longer be carrying the energetic vibration of your pain everywhere you go into every relationship, into every situation. And because you're no longer carrying that vibration of pain with you, you're likely not attracting that either. Or if you did attract that, for whatever reason, it does happen, you would see it for what it was. Because the vibration of that would be in such contrast to your own vibration that you would just intuitively feel this doesn't fit. This doesn't work. It's not a match. By staying in it, in the rumination, in the control, in the fear, you think you're protecting yourself. But what you're actually doing is equating that vibration with who you are. And then when you meet someone who carries that vibration with them, you think, oh my God, it's a match. I've never been so attracted to anyone in my whole life. Why? Because they're the, they're the vibrational equivalent of what you are. Now, here's the thing. They might be that vibration because they're a perpetrator. And you might be that vibration because you're a victim. But you're still equal. You're still on the same level, the same playing field. So in your perception, you're going, oh my God, I'm just an innocent victim. I just try so hard to love everybody and they just hurt me no matter what I do and you're attracting perpetrators into your life, and you're going, I'm such a good person, why do I attract all these people who hurt me? Well, it's, it's because being a victim is just as toxic as being a perpetrator. And so, I, I, I hope this is serving you. And what I wanna make really simple for you is forgiveness. Forgive yourself for whatever mistakes you made. Forgive the perpetrator for whatever they did. Let it go. You don't get to carry it with you anymore. You don't get to bring it up again. You're going to be too busy focused on what's good in your life, what's possible, working towards things that are meaningful for you. You're going to be so focused on all of that that you don't have time to sit around and talk about who hurt you. And that's going to happen over time. It's probably not going to happen right now today. But what you can do today is you can start working towards that. And I, I, the only other thing I'd suggest is do your own research on how to forgive. Because for me to get into that right now, it would just be a whole other topic that I, I just can't get into. 
but do some research. Start there. Go, go do a Google search. How to forgive somebody. How to let something go. How to move on. Start there. All right, so lots of love to you. I feel you. I get it. I know what it's like. And I just want, I just want to leave you with like, you deserve to be happy. And the fact that you've been betrayed and hurt doesn't change that. But I can't make that decision for you. That's a decision you have to make for yourself. So I hope you do. Lots of love, okay? All right. Let me see here. I think I'm going to wrap up with that. We've covered, we've covered a lot today. Um, I just want to say thank you to everybody who's been with me. Um, it's been an amazing conversation. You know, I, I do want to end it just with, again, coming up on the holidays and and everything that, everything that we go through. It's um, it's a lot. It is right. It's it's a lot, and especially when you have the family reflecting it back to you, and you know you're thinking about what you wanted this year and whether it happened or not. And, you know, there's there's all of this, and I just want to say, like, if you can just settle into this year and the holiday season, the simple truth that you deserve to be happy, that you deserve love, that your relationship status or anything else in your life doesn't change that. It doesn't matter if you're with someone, if you're not. Like, I mean, I, I get it matters on a certain level, but in terms of your value, it doesn't matter. It doesn't change it. If you can connect to just because it didn't happen this year doesn't mean it's not possible. And really just allow yourself to go into this season with hope, with gratitude. Yes, there may be some feelings of loneliness. There may be some feelings of sadness. But don't let that become what this is all about. They're there. You can hold that. You can love yourself through it. But really be thankful for the year that you've lived, what you've learned this year, how you've grown this year. How things, is ha- how things have happened for you this year. Be intentional about what you want to bring in the next year. And trust, like turn it over to God, turn it over to the universe, turn it over to whatever your higher power is, right? But, but trust, like, like you have gratitude for what you have, you have intentions for what you want to create, and you put the outcome in God's hands. That's all you've got to do. I promise, do that and everything will work out. Lots of love, everybody. Thank you for being with me. Sending you love and happy holidays. I'll see you back in a couple weeks. Take care, bye. Thanks again for checking out the show. Please subscribe on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on the most. And I would love it so much if you'd leave a review and tell people what you think of us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Living Relationship to connect more closely. And I'm grateful to be supporting you on your journey to love.